0: We are recording this for a podcast. Uh, you'll be able to find it on iTunes later. Uh, the library has an iTunes page. Uh, this is a uh, genetic genealogy.
1: This is uh, Catherine
0: Pinavaria and Resmary Mazaras. I knew I'd get those wrong. Oh. They're from Western Kentucky University and I'll let them take it from you.
1: Well, hi everybody! Really, really happy to see you all here. Um, Rosemary and I came up here this morning from Western. and Had a beautiful drive, and uh, we actually uh, have given quite a number of presentations together on the subject of genealogy, and, and find it endlessly fascinating, as I hope all of you do too. Um, if you have questions at any point, you know, feel free. Just raise your hand um, and ask. We're not super formal. Um, I try to stick with the schedule, but uh, you know, I sometimes go off on tangents, so you know. That's fine. Yeah. OK. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to get out of the way? We're all ready to go on the recordings. We are being recorded. Um, did you explain about the? I have explained. Uh, in case you came in a little bit later,
0: we do have a sign up sheet coming around. Come on in, folks. Ah, there it is. Thank you. These new folks might want to sign up. And the sign up sheet is just to give you um, a way to get in touch with us uh, if you want to come, or we can get in touch with you, I should say, to give you a copy of this PowerPoint if you want it. But as you can see, we're being recorded, so you'll be able to hear us uh, if you go to the link on the public library's homepage. So you won't be rid of us that quickly. You'll have us forever in the air and paper. We won't put you so, on a
1: mailing list or anything. We no, don't, no, we don't we know how do to spam no, or anything. <laughs> just It's just if you want a copy of, the, of right. the PowerPoint. So you don't really have to take notes unless it's something that we actually much. say that isn't on the slides. Yeah. And
0: uh, if you ask a question because of the microphone direction, I'll just repeat it so it can be heard on the recording. So that's that's how we'll do that and before we answer. okay
1: okay all We're right ready. so
0: let's go. All right well first of all
1: um, I want to tell everyone because my publisher made me promise I would that I am the author of a book about genealogy which the uh, Davis County Public Library uh, has an ebook form um, And it's, uh, it's just one of the things that you know I've done Rosemary and I have done presentations we've published chapters, articles this is just what we do. We're both um, faculty members at, and librarians at Western, so this is our job, basically. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> in case it looks like we're having too much fun, <laughs> <laughs> they
0: really pay us. for All right.
1: How many of you know who this lady is? Get out of here! All right. Somebody tell me who is that? <laughs> That's Henrietta Lacks, and if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, is because you have not read the fabulous book, which probably they have here, called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. It's also been recently made into a film starring Oprah Winfrey. It's on HBO. Um, This lady is famous for only one thing. She was a person who died in the late 1950s. Uh, She is immortal because her cells have Used since then in what's called the HeLa cell line, and this is a—it's um, a cell culture that, if you were running a science lab, you could purchase and then do whatever you wanted to to, to subject those cells to any kind of chemical to see how it affects their growth. Um, we don't need to go into the details of why her cells were chosen. Uh, she died of cervical. So, these are actually cells taken from her. uh, She hadn't given her permission, but it was, to be honest, at Johns Hopkins University. This was the days before informed consent, so there was no mechanism in place for her to do that. So, in that sense, she is immortal, though this lady did die quite a long time ago. So, really, since around that time, DNA and us in a big way, and uh, we're going to talk about the different ways that it it manifests itself in our culture. We have just briefly, of course, it's long been part of medical research. In fact, that was one of its first uses. Uh, As we all know, there is a way now you can figure out if someone is the father of a child. So we have its use in paternity tests and, of course, crime scenes. Uh, If you watch forensic files like I do, uh, there are people, the commentators are fond of saying that people at crime scenes, perpetrators leave DNA and they take things with them and they leave things there. Quite often that's got DNA on them, even a few skin cells they can... Yeah, I wonder if the crime rate is going down as a result of this. I've always been curious about that. It's why I wouldn't commit a crime now DNA in our culture is its use in genealogy, and that's what we're going to really focus on. Among the things that you can find out, first and foremost, most people want to know kind of a picture of their ethnicity. Most of us already have a pretty good idea of what that is, but it can be interesting to see that. And we also want to know who we're connected to in the database of people who have submitted a sample to that company, so we'll be talking about uh, what that looks like. You also can learn a few things that maybe you didn't know you wanted to know, like your haplogroup, which is actually uh, something that can help you do a kind of deep history of your genetic heritage. And also your percentage of Neanderthal DNA. Um, I'm not trying to be insulting, but most of us are part Neanderthal just because they um, were a hominid species in mainland Europe. So if your family background is connects to mainland Europe, then more than likely you have Neanderthal uh, DNA. We'll be going into a little bit more detail about that. A few facts about DNA science. It is complicated, and you, the results have to be interpreted. So when you do your DNA test for genealogy purposes, though you're, what you're going to get is an interpretation of the results. They're not going to send you the actual report. I mean, if you saw it, you probably would look something like that. So that's not going to leap out at you, you know, what that means. Uh, when they, when they um, sequence a, a DNA gene, this is what it ends up looking like. It's just a string of letters. And uh, they, they actually, so, you know, unless you're in the molecular science, you really can't figure that out. So what you'll get is a results. And this is a very comforting fact, which I just want to reassure you that so far it is not possible to recreate life forms of the past using DNA that's been inside a fly that was trapped in amber, for those of you who seen the movie Jurassic Park. That's kind of frightening to think that they someday might be able to do that because, you know, you go from that tiny little bit of DNA to these bad boys scaring kids in kitchens. Aren't they getting that. pretty
2: close on the mammoth?
0: Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, The question was, are they getting pretty close on cloning the mammoth based on old DNA from insects, maybe, or amber? And there is um, a scientist, and she is working on that. Um, We haven't heard much about it lately, but she was making significant progress. Uh, but we haven't heard any breakthroughs yet, but you're right. They're working on it. My question is why, okay,
1: you know what I'm saying? Mammoths are like three times as big as elephants. Do we need animals that are three times as big as elephants? No, we don't.
0: So, what has DNA sequencing given us in the good side? Well, bad guys have been caught. This is a handsome guy, is the Green River Killer. If you remember a while back, he was caught using DNA. He left it at the crime scene and they caught him. Oops, too high, there it is. Uh, it's also opened up a lot of cold case files because if DNA samples were taken at the time of the crime and they didn't know what to do with it, or they just happened to have cigarette butts that had DNA on them or something else. Uh, They went back, took a look at it, and the result of that, a lot of people have been found to be innocent of the crime because the DNA did not match them. So the Amnesty Project looks into that Mm -hmm. and uh, frees people who are wrongly convicted. Okay, also as Kath mentioned in the beginning, uh, their hope for cures of various dreaded diseases. Uh, they've been working on
1: cancer and also others um, by looking at the genes. And we're actually gonna talk a little bit about getting some of that information through one of the, the DNA tests that are available. So that's kind of at the end. That was a coming attraction. You cannot avoid the advertising done on this. This is a big business. So what I wanna recommend, Rosemary and I recommend, is is that you, first of all, be careful about before you spend your money. For instance, if you just do a Google search on DNA testing, you might come up with a variety of possibilities, but steer away from any place that offers to do anything for free, because this is not free. it's going to cost you close to a hundred dollars, no matter which service you choose to do this, maybe a little more depending on what you're looking for. So we will give you our recommendation of which company we like the best, but you know, do do some research and check out basically what you're getting for your money. You also, if you subscribe to ancestry, you can't not be bombarded with their we, you can't not know they want you to do a DNA test because they, they really just push this quite a lot. So, um, that doesn't mean that you have to do it though. You can still subscribe to ancestry and not do that. You can use other services. It, it's just, uh, it's just it, it's always, always coming at you. I do want to mention that that you can get a DNA test kit at a store, but not the genealogy ones. If it's in Walmart, it's not the one that you want. This is going to be on the shelves at Walmart, but it's a paternity test. That's a different DNA test. So don't buy something off the shelf. The only legitimate way to do the DNA for genealogy is to uh, get a test kit sent to you from, from one of the three companies that, that we're going to explain. Okay, so no, no off the shelf because uh, that won't give you what you're looking for.
0: Notice that you might, pay you might pay $15 for the kit, but, but then, look at the top of the box. It says $129 lab fee. Yes. So, yeah, be careful about what you buy. because
1: Yeah, this this is charges. not like a home pregnancy test where you mm-hmm. can just do a home baby daddy test. You, you can't. No. <laughs> you'd you have to send. If you ever want a paternity test done, you just need to work with a doctor's office to do that. Don't, don't buy into that. Right. Okay, so concerns about DNA
0: testing. Well, here's a little cartoon that shows you uh, a scientist tripping over Pandora's box, letting loose all kinds of evils. Um, He's cracked the genetic code, but uh, he's also created quite a havoc there. Okay, there's another one a bad use of DNA. It says, I'm afraid we found annoying personality markers in your DNA. I can't hire you. And that was, a, that was a big concern when this first started because suppose that your employers or insurance companies got a hold of your DNA and found out that you had a marker or uh, something that made you susceptible or um, probability of getting some disease. They might use it against you, insurance or uh, employers. So, um, but luckily that's not here yet. Uh, So is privacy compromised? Well, yes and no. One question is, where is your DNA stored? Who can look at it? Um, Are there any restrictions for use? And do we control the use of our stored DNA once we've given it to some lab? Uh, connected with Ancestry or uh, 23andMe or uh, Family Tree, what happens? Well, the databases should tell you what they do with the DNA, who they're going to turn it over to. Um, mostly it is uh, confidential and it's not turned over to any authority. Now, authorities do have DNA samples, but they don't get them from these databases. Okay, fuzzy data. Uh, The FBI has a combined DNA index system, which they call Mm -hmm. CODIS, and these are taken at crime scenes when people are convicted. um, Their DNA is taken. So they have all this on file. But if you're not into uh, the justice system, then your DNA
1: will be in the state. Yeah, you won't get into CODIS by right. doing a genealogy DNA test. Right, that's well. something separate. Uh, the state has
0: numerous methods of storing and destroying data. The hospitals, now, this was something new we learned that NBS stands for newborns. Uh, they're taking uh, the babies, the infants' uh, DNA when they're born without the parental consent, and they did a survey. 20% of the new parents says, I'm concerned about that. They didn't ask. 80% of the parents says, whatever. So that's a new wrinkle. I don't know what the hospital is doing with that, except keeping it in their hospital records. And so far, they've been very good about being confidential because you know you, your doctor can't even see your records unless you give them a permission to. So next, the National Institutes of Health Uh, They took their DNA data off uh, their public access web Because you know people were trying to download it and uh, find out about other people and um, Employers and insurance companies. So they just said you can't access any more DNA that we may have Um, So that's still in place. They do not allow public access to their files Okay Another ma'am.
2: Each,
0: uh-huh. For instance, I married you. Yeah. And then else, maybe there is someone else, that DNA changed right there. Yes. So there's one coming in. That's right. So you don't get one of DNA when you look at Well, Well, uh, yeah, you only inherit, we're going to go into that, uh, the DNA, depending on uh, the gender, whether you're male in the Y chromosome or female and only have the X chromosomes, so you only uh, inherit the mitochondrial DNA, right? Um, So that that we'll talk a little bit about. These uh, kinship searching, that can be good and bad, (laughs) uh, depending, Uh, you can find multiple cousins of, you know, 15th cousins. Uh, You can find uh, other family members, and you can find branches of other family trees that are on the databases uh, but be careful what you wish for okay here we are who owns your DNA well 20% other people have a hospital maybe the justice system um, maybe some other entity but 80% you have all to yourself so so far you still own most of you um,
1: yeah. Well, we do. We leave our DNA, you know, in the dentist's office and they pull out oh, your yeah. tooth or whatever. So it's not something to freak out about, yeah. but it's something to keep in mind uh, and and not worry. It's, you know, the DNA testing for genealogy, you're not going to, uh, it's not going to, as a rule, you know, get into the police databases or whatever. So, um, you know, that kinship searching, be careful what you wish for. Uh, I, I just recently... Uh, started to figure out that one of my uh, direct ancestors fairly close to me may not actually be my direct ancestor. So I'm like, Oh my goodness, you know, because the DNA doesn't lie. And it's like, uh, hold on a minute. That's not matching what the family story said about that baby's daddy. So I I have some work to do on that, but I, I remember looking at that like, did I just, you know, I wished to find out what that was, but it's going to tell you whether or not you like the results. Okay, let's get into a little detail about what happens when you submit your sample, which in the past was a cheek swab, but for the DNA for genealogy is you're going to spit. Okay, they can take DNA from your any bodily fluid really, or even your skin cells. And they used to do a cheek swab you know, as a rule, but that is more difficult to collect, you know, through the mail. So uh, if you order one of the kits from one of the companies, they're gonna send you something to spit into basically. So we'll go into that. And they can do basically three tests for, uh, I put this slide up here just because I need to practice saying deoxyribonucleic acid. So that's what (laughs) DNA is. So one sample, one couple spits, They can do three different kinds of tests on it, and so what you wanna look at when you're making a decision about which which service to use is which of the tests are gonna give you what you wanna know. There's the, well, just to back up, there's the Y-DNA, MT-DNA, and the AT-DNA. The Y-DNA is the chromosome that is inherited by males, MT-DNA stands for mitochondrial DNA, and that is inherited by both males and females, but passed down only by females, well, I'll get into that in a minute. And AT-DNA stands for autosomal DNA, which is a uh, actually all of your heritage altogether. So I'll give you some, some details about that in a second. All right, who's that handsome gentleman right there? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was the well, he's long dead, but he was the subject of a controversy several years ago in actually a, I believe a lawsuit brought by the descendants of his, one of his slaves named Sally Hemings. Her descendants claimed that T.J. was the father of Sal, some of Sally Hemings' children. And actually they had made that claim even before DNA was a possibility and the descendants of Thomas Jefferson by his wife were uh, really not, I I don't think they responded well to that. But when DNA became available, those those descendants of Sally Hemings went ahead and they did this DNA testing and proved, as far as DNA can prove, because it's never 100%, that it's almost certain like 99 point something certain, that either Thomas Jefferson or a close male relative of his, father, brother, son, nephew even, was the father of some of Sally Hemings' children. So that doesn't necessarily mean it was him and probably at this point, there's really no way to get closer than that. They've even had a
2: family reunion of both families.
0: Yes, they've even had a family
1: union of the Jefferson Hemings group at Monticello. Right. Okay, a little harder to recognize this gentleman, but anybody? Who's that? Nope. Keep going. You're, on the right You're in the right. British royalty. It's Richard. That's it. It's Richard the third. Look at that spine. This man had a severe case of scoliosis, which had always been a matter of historical fact as far as we could tell. It was passed down in other documents. It was also made famous in Shakespeare's play, Richard III, but it was, but that fact was actually documented in contemporary documents. But how did they know that this guy was, other people have scoliosis, really? Well, they knew it was him because they were looking for him. And this skeleton was found with a number of other skeletons in a, what used to be a church burial grounds. It was since been paved over and was now a, a parking lot or a car park, as they say in England, uh, in, in a city called Leicester, England. And they knew from historical documents that after the Battle of Bosworth Field, Richard had been injured and had been taken to the abbey uh, in Leicester. And so he died there. So, well, if he died there, then he must have been buried there. So, they did this is a team from the University of Leicester did research to find out where the abbey had stood, which, of course, now it's a strip mall, and where the burial ground had been. And that was a parking lot. And they got permission from the um, developers who owned that lot to basically rip the entire parking lot up. And they discovered, you know several feet down that yes, there were quite a few burials among them, this one. But to prove that it was Richard, they had to do DNA testing. But they couldn't find a known living descendant of Richard himself. They could not actually identify a living person who they were 100% sure was a descendant of his. So what they did was they identified two living descendants of Richard's sister. Anne of Cleves, but she couldn't, then you can't test the bones for the Y chromosome because Anne would not have passed, inherited or passed down Y DNA. So they could only test the mitochondrial DNA, which is passed down by females and it's passed down to males, but then they don't pass it down. So this would have been a, basically a matrilineal line going back. So it was these people they identified. It was their mother and their mother's mother and her mother and her mother and her mother on back into the uh thirteen hundreds, I'm sorry, thirteen eighties maybe, Richard third Anyway, long, 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 long time. So they did the the genealogy work of establishing Anne's descendants or confirming it through documentation. And then did the mitochondrial test. And they proved, once again, 99 point something, that, that this was a, a close relative of these people's direct ancestor, Anne of Cleves. And, and by close relative, they meant a sibling. So, yes, indeed, that is the famous Richard III. So uh, he was, I don't know what he would have been like standing up. You know, he was the famous hunchback king. But that is a... Pretty severely distorted spine.
2: Okay,
0: so he was about five feet four, so small he had to be helped on horse. Yeah. Okay, well, right, he was well, the one who was crying for a horse, I mean, for his kingdom.
1: Okay, so just to give you a picture of what that looks like, tracking out the paternal lines with the Y DNA and the maternal lines with the MT DNA. Now, what you're going to actually get when you do a a genealogy DNA test is the results from the third test, which is going to give you the heritage all the way, all of it. But if you were doing, say, this kind of thing, historical identification or paternity test, you'd use the other one. That's just another visual of what it looks like. So basically what I mean is you can't find through these two tests, you can't get any other direction except for that way. You can't go to the father's mother. You can't kind of zigzag like that. So you kind of have to go like that. But autosomal DNA, the AT DNA test is the one that you're buying for a genealogy test. So it's theoretically representative of your whole ancestry. And that's what allows them to say, well, you have 3% from the Balkans and 5% from the Iberian peninsula or something like that and we're talking going back up to 50,000 years. So, um that's that's what the autosomal it's all st- it degrades over time but very 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 slowly. So, you know, you can't go back much before 50,000 years, but who wants to? So,
0: what's your part in this testing? Well, um There are three major companies now who do DNA testing. Um, Ancestry.com, they offer their test. Family Tree DNA, they're fairly new. And look at that ugly packaging, just a plastic bag.
1: They're not selling it with that packaging. No.
0: And there's 23andMe um, in their box. So you get the box. You order it, um, you get the box. So before you spit, B Y S before you spit. Few um, things to know. It's not easy. It took me two days to get it's
1: really not, it's really not that first spit. Uh, because
0: they tell you don't chew gum, don't
1: drink, don't eat at least 30 she minutes. She has a problem with dry mouth, so she's like, I can't get it in there. She had to take it home and do it. It was it was embarrassing. But it's really not the best. But you just fill up this thing about that much. That's a, lot. a couple of spits will do it. Healthy spits. So
0: they give you the envelope to mail it back. You just take that the spitter off of it, put a cap on it, put it in the bag. It's already pre-addressed, pre-stamped, so that you don't have to do anything more. Um, now I took it to the post office and handed it to the lady at the counter because I didn't want to just throw it in the mailbox, suppose it got crushed or something. But the look on her face when I handed it to her and she read exempt human specimen, uh, there went the rubber gloves <laughs> and then picked this. Up.
1: Thank you. Well, they have to put that on there because it's body fluid. But you know, you're not going to hand that to somebody and they're going, what she yeah. almost freaked out. So put, a it, a put it put it in the mailbox. Yeah. Doing the spit
0: instead of the swabbing. Uh, yes they do that because the swabbing um, it doesn't carry well uh, you can't get enough
1: uh, the q-tips get dried Q- out yeah. so right. if they're gonna do the test right away like if they're if you're gonna right. if you're arrested and they say can we take your DNA they'll do a cheek yeah. swab because then they can immediately send it off but this yeah. has got to be in the mailbox for a couple of days and stuff and, and then it takes six days weeks or so to get the results back. They probably thought you were like mailing a kidney or something, like Jack the Ripper. Yes. If you haven't joined yet, you can join that and they'll send you a specimen package
0: and they'll test it for free. It's a ninety dollars savings if you were joined Ah, okay. Yeah, they, you can't just, uh, you can wait to find out what uh, kind of deal they'll make you, whether joining membership will, in Ancestry, for instance, or Family Tree, will get you uh, a discount on the DNA test. Sometimes they offer a two-for-one. Well, Katherine and I did it a couple years ago or more. It was a two-for-one, so uh, we did that. We're gonna but, give
1: you some more details about what you get with the service yeah. that we use. We use 23 me, I also did Ancestry. Yeah. Uh, we've got some more details on that coming up. Yeah. And
0: then. Their, part. their what the, part
1: What the layout does? And then they do they do some testing on it that you don't need to know about. And then what you find out is a couple of weeks later, uh, you get, well, this is now using 23 and me. Ancestry has a slightly different layout. but basically you find out your um, your ethnic heritage. so you know it's not shouldn't come as much of a surprise you know, what your ethnic heritage is, I mean, most people have a sense of that already, but it is kind of interesting, you know, to see, they give you these percentages, but remember DNA is not an exact science, okay, there, it may seem like it's a complicated science, and it is, but these numbers are just general, it's, you can't, they can't really identify at 100% that this is exactly the percentage you have from here, yes ma'am?
0: Well, um, it, not, I'm just want to repeat the question okay, about um, the fact that Native American uh, genealogy may not come through, and people who thought they had Native American ancestry when they got their results back, it didn't show uh, because it washed out
1: in how many generations? Five? five generations? I don't know. Well, um, I, I, I can I, I can address it. that. I mean, first of all, you know. <laughs> We all have a variety of of heritage and, you know, that's that's just the way that human beings have always moved around. But if someone is claiming Native American ancestry that's been within U.S. history, so say since the Europeans colonized the country, basically, um, that should show up in the DNA test. If it doesn't show up that you, someone has Native American ancestry in that test, then it probably means they don't have any since that. However, if you'll look at mine, um, this is just for my thing, it, it kind of has a 0.7%. That's actually not coming from recent Native American history, but rather my mother's Slavic grandparents, who the Slavic peoples originated you know, 10,000 years ago, in the area, which is now Eastern Siberia and Mongolia. And those people were the same people who, oh, I don't even want to take a stab. Across the land bridge I have no idea how many years we're talking, America. right. Went across the Bering Strait land bridge and down into the Americas. So what looks like Native American ancestry at 0.7% is actually my Slavic gran- great grandparents and their deep ancestry. See what I mean? Yeah, if it was more recent, it would be higher. Okay. So, I don't I wouldn't look at this and say, "Oh, I have, you know, some Native American ancestry." No, cuz not not the way that you might be thinking people mean of since post-European colonization. Thank you. Okay. Right. But I mean, some sometimes people say what has been told to them so they are only merely repeating stories they've heard all their lives and we all do that and like i said you know i'm i am dealing with a kind of oh okay that's interesting guess i won't be discussing this at next thanksgiving um be careful what you wish for once again you also and this once again is a screenshot from 23 and Me you will be given a list of people who are your DNA relatives. Okay, whether you know them or not, these are people who are connected to you genetically and whether or not you know them is is sometimes uh, the issue. For instance, okay, there's me and this is my son Adam and as you can expect, you know, he shares 50% of my DNA. And then here's this guy, Eric Brown, he shares 5.11% of DNA with me, which is a lot. It means that he is either, he's probably a second or third cousin of mine, probably a second cousin of mine. I have no idea who he is. I wrote to him, I'm like, uh, hello, I don't know you. And he said, oh, I'm adopted. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what my birth name was. I'm like, whoa, that means someone, one of my dad's first cousins, uh, could tell it was on his side, uh, was the parent of a child that was placed for adoption. I was like, ooh, how interesting. But you know what, it, it, he was very nice, and he said, oh, I joined this just to kind of reassure myself that I did have relatives, you know, and he's not really that interested in figuring out who they are. He just thought it was fun to see that he was related to so many people. So I don't know who that guy is. And the others I, I actually know. So you get that list and it's different for each service. So ancestry.com has its own group of people who have submitted a sample, 23andMe has its own group. So if you wanna see the DNA relatives in both of those, you have to do both tests. But as I'm gonna explain right now, the service family tree DNA lets you upload the results of either one of those tests. So you don't have to buy their test. So they will give you, the list of people in their database that you're genetically connected to for free, okay? Now, they do offer to sell you uh, the results of an AT DNA test done on those results, which shows your heritage. But really, your heritage is not gonna change. Have you done Ancestry.com, sorry, sorry. Or 23andMe, see with the gestures, always. or you've done either one of those it's pretty much going to be the same so really sorry family tree dna don't come and kill me but you don't really need them because you you can upload your results from one of the other ones get your uh connections your relatives and uh move on Uh,
0: they should be yeah the uh, labs they should very well be exact uh, one or the other uh, either yeah. test that you take they should match yeah oh yeah, yeah. the, he- find the it heritage
1: part will match but right. the list of people won't match right. because there's a different group doing it in right. each one unless someone's done it in, in both Yeah. Um, one of the other things you can get with 23 and I'm, I'm not selling these or anything but you know this was the one that we were the happiest with basically um, you can kind of see a map of where these where these DNA relatives live. And this map didn't surprise me because basically this is where all my families pretty much always lived. I'm, I'm from Chicago and I know I have relatives in Pennsylvania and New York and Florida. So, you know, that, that didn't surprise me. But I really like this one too. Yeah. My DNA has colonized Europe.
0: Yeah.
1: And you see those two over there. Um, those are coming once again, from my great grandparents, both natives of, of Croatia, who were uh, of the Slavic peoples. So that that is not uh, you know, doesn't it's long ago. I mean the Slavic peoples, you know, ten thousand years ago came across Europe. It was Attila the Hun was one of them. I don't know if that name sounds familiar, but he was he was one of those people. Are you right. haplogroup R1B? Haplogroup one B, are you R1B? A group? Um, which haplogroup are you? Oh, oh this is mine. Uh, now, is. T- to be honest, I am not a scientist and I barely oh, understand okay. the DNA science. I'm giving you this info that you can learn about your haplogroup, which is about the kind of more the deep history of your ancestral heritage, going back, you know, 50, 60,000 years. But that's about as far as I get with it. So if you're scientifically oriented, I encourage you to, to do some research on that. Um, one of my favorite that's things. That's our MT, DNA. Uh,
2: that, is, is that, yeah. That's our I know, DNA, haplogroup.
0: RMT, haplogroup. I don't, I don't
1: know. I only, I only just, I just did a screenshot. One of the most interesting things that you learn with 23andMe is the percentage of Neanderthal DNA that you have. Like I said in the beginning, if you have any kind of ancestral connection to mainland Europe, you're you're likely to have some Neanderthal DNA because they were a group of hominids who were uh, replaced by uh, Homo sapiens, a second group of hominids. And, you know, they, uh, well, they were close, some of them closer than others, and uh, children resulted, and they were uh, apparently able to interbreed. They were very close species. And uh, I only have 2.4 dna rosemary's got like 3.0 so you know flintstones i'm (laughs) the flintstones (laughs) and you know the the company 23andme is a business and they are going to try to sell you every single extra that they can so if you're really super proud of your neanderthal dna percentage you can get a shirt that says that so hey i have not gotten the shirt yet but really for the person who has everything right you can also participate in surveys. If you like the idea of contributing to science, you can volunteer to take a number of surveys. Now what they'll do is they'll take your answers and connect them with your DNA profile, not with your name or your personality or your personal details. So ultimately they'll be able to say, well, it looks like that the people who are in this group this haplogroup or who have this segment of dna uh this way are prone to these problems it's a way of contributing to science it's not quite donating your body to science but you're you're moving in that direction so you're you're helping them and they also you can answer these research questions nobody is linking these to your name. They're linking it to your your DNA, which is basically not identifiable as, as you. So let's say someone doing a research study on, oh, I don't know, the extra bone in your ankle or whatever, um, will will buy the data from this company, linking it to these DNA profiles, so they can be able to say, oh, well, uh, if, if you have this DNA, then you're likely to be a carrier of this and that. And that gets us to what we're going to get to, which is the health reports for 23andMe.
0: So how do you decide now that there are three good groups to uh, buy from, which one do you go to? Okay, here's some questions to ask to decide. Um, What is the size of their DNA database? Meaning that the people who only get the 23andMe DNA tests done, um, are only going to be in the 23andMe database. They're not going to pull from Ancestry. It's just going to be that group. If you do Ancestry, then you're not going to find out who's in 23andMe. But now Family Tree, this is a new wrinkle. They're going to allow you um, to move your uh, relatives over, if you've done Ancestry or 23andMe, into the family tree, um, so that's new uh, and I'm sure they're going to be doing new things all all over, but um, does the company allow you to download the results? When this first started, I don't think they did. No, they didn't, they, they didn't let you download it. Now they all do. Um, how much does it cost? That varies. Uh, like I said, we got a two-for-one. Sometimes, as this gentleman was saying, the membership will allow you to get a big discount.
1: They do discounts um, on Mother's Day and Father's Mother's, Day as right. well. Uh, so, special
0: holidays like right. that. So if you can keep watching and then target a day like Mother's Day or Father's Day or something, Halloween, um, to uh, see what, uh, what they, you may get for a bargain. And then which results are you most interested in? For instance, <coughs> health data. Ancestry gives you no health data. Family tree, no health data. This is at the moment. 23 Me, yes, but now it costs extra. When I did 23 Me, they gave it to you. They didn't give it right away. Um, <coughs> what they did was um, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, stop these, company from, these companies from giving out health data because they were afraid they would panic people. They would say, oh, I have a, a tendency to have cancer. I have a tendency to have Parkinson's or something else. Well, uh, FDA came out and said cease and desist. Do not put out this health information or anything like it. Well, 23andMe went to FDA and said, what can we say? They worked out a scheme. (coughs) 23andMe will tell you on their reports that you have a carrier status. That you do or don't have the status for 42 diseases. At first they were just talking about rare diseases. Nobody had heard of Now they're talking about cystic fibrosis, late onset Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, sickle cell anemia, and other blood diseases. So they'll tell you uh, whether you are prone to it, they've done some tests, or not, whether you have a, a latent carrier for that or not. They're not going to tell you, yes, you're going to get this, or yes, you have Right, this. they're not they allowed can't. to
1: tell you that you're going to get something, just that you're carrying the yeah. latent gene for it, which means if you have a child with somebody else who has that gene, then your offspring have a, I don't know, 50 chance, to so. 25 to 50% chance of, of developing that disease. So this right. is not a way to find out how sick you are or not. That, that really should be still the province of yeah. physicians and, and medical professionals. Yeah. That's, that's not what this health data is. Yeah. In, because the FDA, they probably could, but the FDA won't let them basically.
0: Right. And if you need a health profile like that, then you go to your physician yeah. and they can get it for you. But they're not, FDA is not gonna allow a company, a commercial company, to do this right. because also Rosemary said twin, twin trade. Um, I haven't seen that as I one. I don't of think the they say really. they don't mention that. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen the. Twin and because
1: trade. the FDA's concern, as Rosemary said earlier, is that this information could let, let's say they were giving you, uh, oh, you have a higher than average risk for breast cancer or Parkinson's. Well, what if the, your insurance company got a hold of that? Right. So that's not what they're not allowed to give you that you won't find out what your risks are it's the risks of your potential offspring so the it's funny that most of the people doing this are long past their childbearing years or the people who need to you know check this out are the you know people who are yet to have children or are still in the process of doing it because you you know if you know that you're a carrier of something and the other person is too then there it is that that's your statistical possibility
0: they also do fun stuff like whether you have hair at birth or likelihood or dimples or red hair or something. They said, I've had no dimples. What's that? That's a dimple. I've got one. Um, a dimple. Oh, <laughs> uh, Red hair, no. Um, they said Kath had no hair.
1: She's yeah. got hair like that. I used to, we, the first version of our presentation, I put my thing up where they, I just cut it out because it was too long, but they, it said <laughs> they you they almost certainly had no hair at birth and then I put a picture of me like when I was like a day old with my
0: <laughs> black,
1: <laughs> curly black hair. I had more hair when I was born than I did now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so here's a nonpartisan group that you can go to for answers, and we've circled, it's for newbies, for people who want to start and find out as much as they can about the whole process. This ISOG organization, International Society of Genetic Genealogy, uh, ISOG.org, they're a good place to start. It gives you um, sensible information without trying to sell you something. So this is a good, a good beginning. Okay, well, thank you all so much. We appreciate your kind attention and comments. And uh, if you have questions or comments, let's have them. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Are you
2: saying that the three you recommend are the Ancestry.com,
0: that's what you... Well, those are the three that are out there uh, that does the DNA testing at the moment. That doesn't mean that maybe not Monday a new company will come up that offers DNA testing. But right now there's only the three, 23andme, ancestry.com and family tree.
1: Fam- yes, family ma'am. tree DNA.
0: Family tree
1: DNA. And we only recommended 23andme because yes. that was the one that we decided to use. Uh, Ancestry doesn't have the health I don't data. think it has as interesting a display of things and mm-hmm. it doesn't have those health reports. So that's uh, just the one that I. Plus, it's got all those primary colors, and it's just so pretty. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding about that. Ancestry, um, yeah. I'm sure that you know will change, and there might, like she said, oh, yeah. be other companies. So we don't I, recommend them. Like the others are no oh, good. Yeah. It's just that's the um, one we no, But, but that that yeah, fide f- f- that f- you know f- you're going to f- get some f- some f- real mm-hmm. data. Oh, we've both been oh, really f- happy. F- yeah. With the 23andMe results, super easy interface to use. Yes. Uh, you can choose to look at your kind of ethnic heritage, and then you switch over and you can look at your DNA relatives. And you know, they even have a capacity for you to contact these DNA relatives. Mm-hmm. You can send them a little message, like I did with that Eric Kelly. Hey, hello, who yes. are you? No, there's um, nothing there's nothing I'm not sure about ancestry uh, but 23me there's nothing to join. Yeah, you just 23andMe buy the test joining. And you can yeah. as Rosemary said, you can buy the test just for the ancestry results that's about $89 and if you want the and health, an, health results as well, it's going to cost about another 50 or 60. And yeah, you purchase it and then when you get it, you register uh, and you kind of create an account. So you're not joining anything necessarily, but it's where then they're going to post your results, make up a password and stuff, and then you mail in your saliva sample and wait, and eventually it will be available, just like in those screenshots I showed you. Uh huh. Yeah. You go to just twenty. No, nothing comes in the mail. There's no paper. It's yeah.
2: Excited just... anything about the number of markers they test and the price? 67, and so on. Yeah. Uh, and those markers are important because where you might, might match zero mm-hmm. departure from 37, yeah. you might depart one, two, or three, or four from a 67 test. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you stop too early, you can get poor results.
0: Well, um, stop what too early?
2: Well, if you don't get more than, say, 37 markers.
0: OK, you
1: to go to at least in 69. the
0: health data, you mean? In, in the health data part or in the relatives part? I think he
1: knows more about
0: DNA science
1: than we do. Yeah, um, he does, and that's why I'm trying to. Figure I, out honestly, Rosemary what and I are we we, we really uh, the purpose of this was really to convey to you as consumers <laughs> if you want to do this what you're going to get, what's going to cost you, and what what we recommend as far as the easiest to use. Uh, we do not understand DNA as a science. Neither of us are science librarians or science anything really. No, we don't have science um, anything. I was kind of a science reject when, I'm, when I was young. <laughs> and when we covered genetics, I don't know where I was in sophomore year of high school, but I don't remember any of that. So there's there's more to it than we're saying, as I think you're. Oh, the,
2: you I'm not on
1: Right so he's oh, saying that with family tree DNA you, you actually are covering more of the what they call the markers yeah, so that's why I do think it's a good idea to uh, get your results from one of the other tests and upload it and make use of it so right. I you know I do recommend making use of it but um, I of treatment it treatment. I worked with for years Oh okay and, uh,
0: You don't Jordan you for 3 3 months
2: Yeah and you gave your DNA
0: so if you join Family Tree for three months, three months, you get your DNA for free. How much is the membership? A $40 a month. A month? A month. So what you do is you So $120 is what you're paying. Yeah, but you get three
2: months to pay and go around the tree. Okay. If you don't want to do that, you need to go down here to the library
0: Yeah. Yeah. If we not a so,
2: line of Yeah. I'm going back down and or two lines of BC. Wow, I didn't
0: know they could do Well that. I think the well, central message here is
1: is, you know, look into it figure out what's going to work best for you. If yeah. you have an interest in the science itself, it's certainly there for you to kind of dive into. Um, I, I just wanted to see those DNA relatives, uh, now that I did it, ah. I'm kind of sorry. Uh, <laughs> because I had already done my entire family history with documents, which now might be completely invalidated by this whole baby-daddy problem, which wasn't really a problem because hey, look, it turned out well, right? I wouldn't be here otherwise. But still, as a researcher, it's like, oh no, 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 that can't be because I don't know who that is, and I, I have all this documentation going back nine generations, and you're gonna, so. Uh, does anyone else have any any questions as i know we're getting close to the uh, end of our uh, allotted time yes ma'am
0: Okay. So, Ancestry uses about 250,000 yeah. markers for… And I would assume that the other companies use a same number. Yeah. DNA. Okay. That's so what you have to do. Is, yeah. They actually don't sequence your DNA. Yeah. What they're doing is taking a little spot every uh, few
1: hundred base Yeah. So, so it's a good thing yeah. we didn't know this yeah. room was full of people who know more than we do yeah. about DNA. We wouldn't have been we able. Never to never ever up. would have opened my mouth. I, I just to say that uh, I uh, yeah. Sure. Does, does anybody Does anybody have any questions that we can actually address, like having to do <laughs> with the little we do know? I mean, really. Um, they did.
0: They did. What'd you say? National Geographic did have a. Oh yeah, I should
1: mention that National Geographic has a a test as well, Um, and I actually did not look into that because I didn't know about it until recently. So uh, that's also something to to check out. But I don't think they do the. I don't. Do they do the lists of relatives? I'm pretty. I didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's another thing to check out. So yeah. obviously there's way more to it than, you know, your your yeah. humble presenters know. Uh, that's been proved, I think, <laughs> amply. Well, we really appreciate your kind attention. If anyone wants a copy of our PowerPoint, we'd be happy to share it. Just make sure you uh, put your name and email on our uh, sign-up Sign up list, sheet. which I don't know where it is. Savannah has. But thank you again, and thank you very much. We appreciate you. it.